Hi and welcome to Home Education for All, or HEFA for short. At HEFA, we believe that community is the heart of home education, and so that's what we built. We built a community in the UK, helping, supporting and uplifting each other to be the best home educators we can be. And now we're coming to you via this podcast too. Stay tuned for all things home education in the UK via our amazing, experienced, knowledgeable and often hilarious team. We truly believe home education can be for everyone and we hope listening here will give you the confidence or knowledge you need if you've been considering home education. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to HEFA. So this week we have the wonderful Louise, who is a working home ed parent from the West Midlands and she has three children. Hello, Louise. Hello. Hello. Um, So you have been roped in to uh, come and have a chat with me um, about your home ed journey. And it's really important to us at HEFA that we have a a wide range of um, parents, who come from all different um, situations into home ed. Mm -hmm. So my first question for you is, how long have you been home edding? Just six months. (gasps) Brand new! Yeah, totally new. Just six months. We started with my eldest in, oh, it was officially just after the Easter half term, but for date's sake, the beginning of May. Um, And he did May to July at home by himself. And then we decided to pull the middle one out from school from September and we didn't even send the little one who should have started in reception we just refused his place so all three are at home so I've got three different ages three different levels and lots of chaos excellent uh that sounds very similar to our journey (laughs) um I bought I bought one out um in the December another out Mm -hmm. in the eight in the Easter and then Mm -hmm. the last one came out um July yeah kind of thing they they came out staggered and the youngest never went yeah perfect yeah it's brilliant yeah. I love it. so what brought you to home ed so funnily enough this time last year we had applied for the little one's reception place he was going to his brother had just changed school because he wasn't happy in his school so we got the him into a new primary school um and he was settled the reception place was applied for the eldest was in year eight at senior school I was looking at going back to work sort of more full time and building my business up so that I was work- once the kids started school, I was going to be sort of Monday to Friday full time while the kids were school. That was the plan this time last year. Home education wasn't even on my radar. And then not long after Christmas, so sort of January, end of January, being a February this year, my eldest was in a situation at senior school and we just weren't happy overall with the way things were dealt with. His confidence levels just completely dropped. He didn't want to go into school. He did go, and we did try and persevere and work with the school to rectify things. But <clears throat> it just, we weren't happy. He wasn't happy. And I'm a big believer in you knowing your gut with your kids, whether they're happy or not. And he was just a shell of himself, and I wasn't prepared to put him through that anymore. So lockdown helped in the sense of, 
I do genuinely think if we hadn't have had lockdowns and I'd sort of homeschooled um, with that kind of bizarre situation we were in, I don't think I would have had necessarily as much confidence in myself as I did to just say, do you know what, we're just going to do it ourselves. But we did and we pulled him out and I've never looked back. See, I, I hear that a lot that, you know, for some people, um, the the really weird pandemic situation that, you know, none of us have ever lived through. And this is something that like people, I don't think people give enough weight to. Um, no. Our generation and the generation that come next, our children, have never been through any kind of situation like the one we have been through for the last few years previous generations um you know my grandparents generation they they went through things like the the war and rationing and lockdowns and blackouts and all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. um we've never been through anything like that and we've never been through a situation where schools have had to close no never um so it did provide um for some people it provided an insight into oh, hang on a minute, it, it wouldn't be that bad if my kids were at home. Mm-hmm. And for others, it provided an insight of, I can now see why my children need to be at school. <laughs> yeah. And, and both it, are fine, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we happily sent our children to school in good faith and right up, I mean, you know, we had a couple of issues here and there that I'm sure every parent goes through with their children at some stage in their school career. Yeah. You know, there's been a homework situation or two kids have had a falling out sometimes. So we've all had situations in school, but this was just way more. And when we had the lockdowns, the provisions that the school was providing, because I only had two in school at the time, one in year five, one in year in reception, uh, sorry, year one. And um, it was very much there was nothing we had to literally make it up as we went along so we were doing like week-long projects with things like space or there was the whole George Floyd Black Lives Matter thing so we were learning all about different things and cultural aspects that were going on in society whilst we were stuck in this bizarre situation and I just took that and went with it and that made me realize when we had the whole situation with my eldest that actually can do this yeah and I have been doing this for the 13 years he's been alive so why all of a sudden would I be dating myself now I love that I love that so you said that um so you did have a mix of kids being home ed and in school how did how did that oh that was oh my god it was probably the worst one of the worst three months ever for me personally because um I was doing, you know, I was up at stupid clock in the morning, you know, taking my husband to work because where he works there's no buses. So it was getting him to work. Then it was like rat race through school run traffic to go from one side of Birmingham to the other to get the child to school, then back to nursery and then back home to do home ed with the teenager and then trying to just make things fun and trying to breathe. And at one point, I couldn't remember the last time I'd had a hot cup of tea. Yeah. And, you know, by the time they get to teenager, you're told you can have a cup of tea and it's going to keep warm. And that wasn't happening. So I was a bit like, no, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. I've been told this is supposed to be fun and this doesn't feel like fun. At the time, my little one, he was still in private nursery. So he was in for three days a week. So he was at home with us. So he was actually doing what he called mama learning at home on the two days when he was there. So I'd have the one at the one side of the dinner table doing something. I'd have the other at the other end doing something. And then there was the poor middle one 
who had a face on him like he didn't want to be there. And he was going, bless him, and you could just tell he'd go in with his shoulders down and he looked so heavy and so sad. And I'd pick him up at the end of the day and all he'd want to hear about is what they'd done at home. He wasn't interested in what telling me what he'd done at school. He just wanted to know what was going on at home. And my husband and I had lots and lots and lots of conversations and we spoke to so many people about like facilitating how to get all three at home with the three different key stages and how it was going to be and how it was going to affect us and that kind of thing that it was just like well actually the logistics of it don't sound too bad yeah so we finished the school year in July he completed his school year we even went as far as um, the little one went in to do the school introductions just in case something happened and we couldn't start him in September and then just before we went away on holiday at the end of the summer we sent the letters to D-Reg and Refuse School Place and here we are amazing do you um do you guys have you found a particular style yet for your home ed? Um well the control freak in me has a beautifully planned out Pinterest worthy Trello board. It's amazing. And to look at it on the screen if I was to put it on Instagram, you would think I am the best home ed mum in the world. <laughs> yep. And the reality of that is that I'm currently sat here in my pajamas talking to you because that's how life is now. Apart from going out to do food shopping or clubs or karate, I can't actually remember the last time I got dressed properly and put makeup on. <laughs> Life is all right. There's a there's a bit of a flow. We are, I suppose, if you wanted to bracket it, you could put us as semi structured. I do plan things to do, but it's very much based on what they've said they want to learn. So. The, the middle one comes at me with all sorts of random questions. So we spend a lot of time using Google because Google is your friend. Danny's favourite uh, phrase ever is, Mum, come on, let's just search it up, Mum. Let's just search it up. So that's what we do. Um, I do try to do 30 to 60 minutes each of English and maths a day with them. Generally, it's 30 because by the end of that, they've had enough. Um, so what I, I kind of split them. So I have the two who have been to school and then I have the little one who's never been to school. So with the two who have, I will do two or three activities a day and it might be right. Today we're going to do some art or we're going to do some baking or we're going to do whatever it may be. And they'll do those themselves. And then with the little one, we do five, four or five little sort of 15 minute blasts throughout the day. So he will do 15 minutes of numbers and we'll do some sort of like number recognition, whether that's like counting Lego bricks or watching some number blocks or actually sitting down with the workbook and working through some worksheets so he'll do number recognition that way and his number bonds up to 20 since September are phenomenal he's really really good um he while he was at nursery he was doing phonics I'm not a particular fan of phonics as a style of reading I didn't do it at school not a particular fan but he enjoys it so while he's enjoying it we go with it so he does 15 minutes of phonics and we just, again, we just go around the house and we'll sound things out. We'll be giving letter sounds on words and things like that. I don't push him to read as they're taught to read at school. We just do letter sounds and we do another 15-minute block where I will read to him. And it's yeah. just solely me reading to him. And sometimes that's even split down into like three little five-minute chunks and he'll bring me books throughout the day around him. You read me this bit, Mum, read me this bit. And we do that together. And if he can recognise the word, great. If he can't, great. Yeah. As long as he's happy and the other two are happy, 
we will get there. Yeah, I love that. Um, has has your style changed over the six months you've been home ed in? Yes, because of having just the teenager at home versus having all three. So when it was just me and the big one, we could very much um, sort of deep dive a little bit more into things and look at more sort of adult topics. Now we have to kind of plan. So, for example, Remembrance Day last week, yeah, um, we were all of us were studying sort of about Armistice Day and how it came about and what we do. But then once the little two were just totally mind blown and they needed to go and have a sort of a re um, a review of everything and recoup. Me and the big and we stayed and we watched a couple of little documentaries, just a couple of little YouTube clips of how it was in the war, how the trenches were and that kind of thing. Because those images aren't really suitable for a four-year-old, in my opinion. So we do those things kind of together. But he will take on more, um, the big one, he does more household tasks. So he meal plans for us and he'll work out our sort of shopping for the week and budgeting and he makes a shopping list. He you know, writes everything up on the board for us in the kitchen and he helps cook all the meals and everything. So they all do different tasks that suit them and work for them. Which is what Home Ed's about. Yeah. It's about individualising that education to each child, right? Yeah. And actually, that's really hard to do in school. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I can tell you now, my four-year-old... None of my children are particularly naughty, in my opinion. They've, I've always brought them up. I'm conscious of having boys. I've always brought them up to be a risk respectful, just like their dad. And my husband, you know, we work together as a team. So we're very conscious of that. However, my four-year-old can be so stubborn. Right? My kids started karate in the summer. And my four-year-old looked his karate sensei in the eyes when he asked him to do something. And he went, no. To the karate sensei in front of the entire class. And he wasn't rude. He actually just stood there and went, no, bowed himself out like they're supposed to when they're taught to, and walked over to me and sat down. And I was like, if this kid had gone to school, I don't know. Like I said, he's not a naughty kid, he's just very stubborn, and I just genuinely don't think. I mean, you know, we had no issues with him in nursery. I just genuinely think sometimes that he really would have struggled sometimes on a daily basis with things if if he doesn't want to do something then I have the ability to be able to adapt that at home for him yes yes and he's such a funny little kid with it as well he's so funny and I get all of that you do I don't miss anything and I'm so pleased that I don't miss those things yeah it's it's important to note that because you know so so often we hear um about people choosing to home ed or electing to home ed as a last resort or because of issues with school or um things like that but there there are plenty of us um so I found home ed through issues uh with school but by the time it came to my youngest there was no way I was going to send him to school because my (coughs) sorry excuse me my philosophy on education my understanding of learning had changed to such a degree that I didn't want him to go to school Mm -hmm. um and it's it's perfectly valid to choose home ed as a first choice yeah it is and I actually in some ways I wish I hadn't been or rather that we hadn't been caught up in the whole I don't want to say trap because that makes school sound like 
you know, the bloody child catcher and it's really not. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I almost wish I'd be, I personally had taken the time to be more informed about my choices for my children because I am not, a, you know, when you see the mums on the playground and the water, I am very, so introverted. I would, you know, stop in the car till the last minute and run into the playground and grab him, you know, and even if the teacher wanted to have a conversation, like in front of everyone on the playground, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. And I'd like literally run a mile if I could. So we were in and out, and I think my school run, I think the one day I think I did it in seven minutes, which I was so pleased about, from leaving the car to getting back in the car, it was seven minutes, yes, I can do this, you know, constantly trying to beat my record all the time, you know, how many days can I go without speaking to anybody? It was great, <laughs> I loved it, because I just, that's not me and that's not who I am, so I almost wish that I had spent the time earlier on looking into home medicine and alternative drugs. But we are here now. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's important to note that a huge percentage of parents don't know that, um, you know, by law, you're responsible for ensuring your child receives an education. And that education can be either at school or otherwise. I.e. Home ed. Sent all of these letters home from the nursery or the particular establishment, maybe, or even letters through the post. You are due to apply for school. Make sure you apply for school. The deadline is this. You'll receive text messages or emails. Don't forget the deadline date. Have you researched? Go and look at all the school open days. And it's just madness. This whole expectation that's put yeah. on you is just absolutely crazy. It is. It is. And it's important to note that, you know, school can be right for many children, um, but it, it also doesn't have to be uh, right for your children. It doesn't no. matter whether, you know, it's a philosophical choice or it's a an issue with the way that a curriculum is, is run or, or any of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. If you're not happy with sending your children to school, home ed is a completely legal and it's equal in law yeah. to and I, school and I think in retrospect when I look back on things although I maybe regret the choice I made for not looking into home education more at the time the situation that we were in as a family I don't think we could have home ed at the time yeah and as I say I have nothing wrong with this I don't have no ill feelings towards the school system I can't say it particularly failed my children in any way or caused them you know any apart from the one situation, could sort of cause them any undue stress or any reasons to think, oh, well, do you know what? This really isn't right for my kids and what am I going to do? But it was just very much, it's just a whole, like you get drawn into the whole thing of how many people do you buy presents for at Christmas? It's the whole, you get kind of drawn into it and you just can't, you feel like you're running and you can't get off. It's like, it's like school parent peer pressure. (laughs) And then, and then you'll, you'll happen to ask someone, I've picked this school. Really? You're sending your children there? And you're like, you weren't so judgy before. What's made you, you know, what's happened at this school to make you so judgy of my choice and you're my friend and you're supposed to respect that decision that I make? And then you think, I'm going to do my kids wrong. I'm going to send them to the wrong place. So yeah. now it's like, they're at home. I know they're okay. Um, you mentioned that you're quite introverted. Um how do you do... <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but <laughs> how how do you 
balance that with making sure that the kids um, attend plenty of things and see plenty of people, etc. Because socialisation always comes up, doesn't it, when it comes I to home ed? Make myself, make myself get out the door. And my kids are very much. If I tell them we are going to X Y Z, if we aren't going to X Y Z, and it's for not for a valid reason, they're like, oh, "We wanted to go, Mum. Can we just can we just go for a bit, Mum?" So I make myself go. So we do clubs on a Monday. Uh, Tuesday is very much an in day. Wednesday we are starting a new club. Thursday we're at a home ed group, um, and. Friday we're looking to start something as well so if things go the way I want them to go we'll actually only be in one day a week yeah which is which is nuts um so for for us um we started off with just one club for about three years um and the kids have plenty of um interaction with other people but when it came to um children um my the first one that was taken out um, of school had such high um, social anxiety and um, things like that, that he couldn't attend anything. Um, mm-hmm. So we just went to one park meetup for about three years and then he was like, okay, I'm ready for more. And now we're at the point where we have to have um, two days in. Um, yeah. We do sort of an alternate thing on a Monday we sometimes do something on a Tuesday. Wednesdays are always in. Um, and recently, Thursdays, quite often, we stay in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we we were at a point where we were out every day and they were just, they, they could not cope yeah. at all. And nor could I. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's about finding that balance, isn't it? Because... Yeah. In school, children are around other children all day, every day, but they're not necessarily, um, it's forced It's forced association, isn't it? Yeah, they're not necessarily with the children that they would choose to hang out with. And again, that's not a detrimental thing towards school because obviously the schools are doing the best that they can in the situations that they've got. Yeah. But my, my middle son, he had a lot of, um, he's very much like me. I'm good in a one-to-one situation, like two-to-one, three-to-one, that kind of thing. So, you know, small groups of people we're okay with, but when second you put us in a larger group, I'm not, nowhere near anyone sort of put my hand up or anything like that to sort of volunteer suggestions. Um, and he's very much like me in that. And when it comes to things like school assemblies or PE, sports day, or um, even um, when they were going on school swimming lessons, to start with, he did not want to do it. It was... <clears throat> he would go in, um, certainly for the swimming lessons, but for things like PE day and things like that, the, the, the level of anxiety and crushing, like, almost like a debilitation, so to speak, and it was watching this little eight-year-old boy who was just like, I just don't want to run in front of everybody, man, and just trying to, like, make him realise that well, if you want to do it, that's great. But if you don't want to do it, it's not the end of the world. The whole world isn't going to stop because you haven't won an egg and spoon race or you're not dancing in a carnival or you're not singing Kumbaya in school assembly. You know, it's it's okay. The world yeah. will go on. And it's just, he, you would never know that he, he's like me, but you would never know he does that because he's found 
a little group of friends in every group we go to and he is happy but he comes and talks to the new kids and or you know he'll talk to the older kids and I love the way in all of the groups you've got the older ones and the younger ones and they all mesh together and they'll all involve I've seen when we go to apartment meetups I've seen the older ones pushing the little ones on the swing I've seen them taking their hands and sort of the park where we go, it's got like a little sort of river area with a little bridge over it that you can walk over. They'll take them down there and they'll watch them and look after them and what have you. And just the the whole, they're like brother-sister bonds. They're not friendships. They're, like, they're closer than that. And it's nice to see them all grow together. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I've had little cries watching, <laughs> you know, some, some of our home ed kids through the years. I've, I've been home ed yeah. in quite a long time. And, yeah. you know, some of, some of it is like... Um, it's almost like a scene out of, um, you know, the the old books of um, the yeah. railway children and, mm-hmm. you know, the um, oh the fa- famous five or whatever it was called. Yeah. You know, those those almost picture worthy um, yeah. moments of all of the children playing with sticks in the water and the sun. And, you know, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And we get to have that. Yeah, we get that enjoyment. Yeah, you get to experience it firsthand with them. And making those memories for them yeah um what do you think the biggest challenge is home edding for your family um i'd have to say again it's me me not getting caught up in myself when things don't go to plan so give yeah. you an example um at the beginning of october my car was in for an mot it was booked in for a Monday morning and obviously I was fully aware that I'd have all three with me because we are now home editing, not at school. And um, the garage where my car was booked in at was probably about a 15 minute drive away, which you don't think is that bad. And then the plan was, the plan was we were going, so I mean, um, in Birmingham we have what's called Metro, it's almost like an overground, underground type thing. Um, and the car garage was round the corner from a metro station. So we were getting on the metro. I'd got, I'd literally, I'd got flasks, sandwiches, the lot. We were out for the day. We were going into town to Birmingham City Centre and we were going to do the museums and have a little look around. And we were having a non-educational educational day that the kids wouldn't have a clue. So we could go and do a few things, pass a bit of time and everything. When we get to the garage and the guy said to me, this was a Monday morning, um, Mrs. Dealey, do you realise that your car tax was actually up on Saturday and you've actually driven here with no road tax? And I was like, oh my goodness, no. I knew exactly where my car tax was. I remember having the reminder come through the door to tax my car. I genuinely thought it was up later in the week because my MOT had been booked a few days earlier. So I was like, right, we're going to have to change the plan and I need to get the bus home. And I don't want to sound like a snob, but it's been a very long time since I've been on a bus, especially with three kids. So I was like, right, where do I get the bus? And they were like, well, I don't know, we all drive. I was like, well, can you just point me to a bus stop so we can get on a bus? So they point me to the direction of the bus stop. And this journey, which was 15 minutes in the car, has now become an hour to get home. And I'm thinking, that's an hour and that's an hour. Jesus, what on earth am I going to do here? So like, right, we get on the bus and then the questions start from the kids because there have been on buses. It's just not a very frequent thing that we do because where we go is probably more easily accessible within a car. So it's not that I'm against public transport. It's just not a thing for us. 
So we get on the bus and the questions start. Mummy, why is that bus stop so big but that one's only looks like a stick with a sign on the top? Mummy, what do all these numbers mean? Mummy, where's that bus going? Why can't we go on that bus? What's this bus for? What's that man doing over there? Why's that bus got two drivers? Why's that man just standing over there? What's this going on? And this was the entire journey all the way home. So then we come through the door and made myself a much needed cup of coffee and we sat down and trawled through the West Midlands bus website. We looked at timetables, we looked at bus stops, we looked at routes and journeys and how you would go from one place to another and how many buses you'd need to get. The entire day turned from museum day to bus timetable day. Yeah. And in my head, all the way home on the journey, I was like, this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I planned. This isn't working. This isn't how it's not supposed to be. They were expecting a museum trip. They were not expecting to learn about bus timetables. I've let them down. When in actual fact, without even realising it, I taught them a valuable skill and a valuable lesson all about understanding how the buses work. Yeah, understanding how so the buses I, work. Yeah, I am our biggest problem because if things don't go to plan in my head, I have to suddenly formulate a new plan and it's me letting go. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I um, love that. You see, so, you see so many posts in group about how, oh, I've got to plan this and I've got to do this and I need a timetable and I need this. And, and yeah, that's great. And yeah, it's good to have an idea of, well, do you know what? If we've got a bit of a backup, so the kids, you know, they all come and say they're bored. We could do this or we could do this or we could do whatever it might be you've got planned. That's great to have some backups, but it's also just as good to go with the flow. Yes. Now, before we started, you did let me in on a little secret that for the last question... You've completely ignored me. I um, So I asked, uh, my last question <laughs> is uh, one piece of advice for listeners, but you've got a few. I've got five. Sorry. That's you might fine. Even, you might even be able to turn one into a bit of a bonus tip as well, depending on how much time we've got. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So my first one, based off my last answer, would be don't be so hard on yourself and don't compare yourself to others. This is your journey, your children's journey and your family journey as a whole. Make it work for you. If the group doesn't work or if this particular subject topic isn't liked or whatever it may be, cross it off and start again and find something that does. Love that. So, yeah, second, don't get overwhelmed. Don't, don't get in your own, try not to get in your own head. Because you will doubt yourself and you gave birth to your child, you raised them, you taught them to eat, to talk, to walk, to run, to tie shoelaces, to do all those little things that we take for granted as an adult. You did all of those for your child. So don't doubt yourself and don't get overwhelmed. Take a breath and find your way. Um, Don't take out all of the subscriptions and the trials. You see all these things, you see, oh, I've got a Twinkle membership, what's best, Ed Place or iXL? There are other, plenty of other um, supplies and resources available, I'm just using the ones that come to the top of my head. Oh, I've taken out this CGP thing, is it any good? Does anybody use them? Most of these places will offer a free trial. Bookmark them and start with one. Try it and see how your child uses it. Because if your child doesn't like it and you've suddenly signed up for 12 months, you've just paid 100 and something pounds for something you're never going to use again. Take the trial, one at a time, see how it goes. Because you can always come back to others, you can always come back to the first one. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what, with that one, um, I know that it seems really, really um, a, a small amount for the subscription. So, for example, mm-hmm. some dog being just five ninety nine, and um, Twinkle being just just under a tenner a month. These all yeah. seem quite, you know, low cost. But yeah. when you've got seven different ones <laughs> each month, well, you know, before you know it, that's the best part of a hundred quid gone on subscriptions, and you're probably not even using half of them. Yeah. So, and sort of like a sub point of that one would be, it only has to be as expensive as you can afford. Work out what is important to you for your priorities as a family and go from there. So like for us, we wanted the boys to start karate lessons. It was a thing my husband, they must do karate. I want them to have something. So we're going to start with karate. So for us, a large chunk of our budget every month goes on their karate lessons. And that works for us. So... I rein in spending on the other areas to make sure that we've got enough for the karate lessons every month because to us that is a priority for them. Yeah. Yeah. If you are unsure of yourself or unsure of something, ask. There are there is a wealth of information. There are lots of groups. Hefa was probably one of the first I joined before we'd even ultimately made the decision to home ed. And I actually went to home ed groups before we'd actually fully deregistered so you can do those things the home ed community as a whole both nationally and locally is very welcoming i've never known any really bad situations come up um ask people yeah if the person you're asking doesn't know an answer they will probably know someone or somewhere where you can get the answer and I don't know of any situations that haven't been solved by a group of what? What's that for? Fifteen thousand and sixteen. Sixteen thousand. Wow. So yeah, so you've got a group of sixteen thousand people behind you. Someone in there is bound to at least be able to point you in the direction of where you need to go. Yeah, and you know, not all of those people are home educators. So some people are considering home education. Some mm-hmm. people are educated other than at school, but. Yep. for the rest of the time they're they're kind of following home education there's there's loads of different situations um that make up those 16,000 people in heifer um some people are like have been home edding forever and other people are brand new and still terrified to make that leap you know mm-hmm. so there's there's always somebody who can either um empathize with you uh, agree with you or yeah. give you advice yeah and then my little bonus tip is if you are like me and you have a memory like a sieve, don't be afraid to write things down. We all know that reports loom from the LA and we never know when they're going to happen. For example, I've had contact for my first to acknowledge he's home educating. I've had nothing for the middle one and the youngest isn't compulsory school age yet. So I shouldn't have had notification, but I've heard nothing about those two. So if you're worried about trying to remember what your kids have been doing, that is what where my perfect Trello board came from. I um, make up little day cards for the kids. If you don't know how Trello works, it works on a card system. So you make like little lists and it's like a to-do list type thing. Mine have a, um, a little card on for each child for that particular day. And any photos I've taken or the work that I've, like the little task I've set them to do, I make a little note of it on there. And then once they've done it, I go back and I add any photos or... Um, a couple of little sentences might be for the little one counted to 25 successfully or 
learnt these new sounds or the middle one might have been um, wants to learn about um, King Tutankhamun, whatever it might be, put those little notes on there and it helps me remember what they've done or what they want to do or where we're going or what I'm looking for. So if I'm stuck finding something, I've got a little note written down and I know where it is. But if you've got a memory lock in anything, you're great and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and and those things are helpful, not just for report writing. Right. It's it's helpful yeah. for you being able to look back when you're having a wobble. I have yeah. I have a wobble twice a year in February yeah. and uh, when else? Usually September ish. Um, yeah. I don't know why it happens in February, but it does. Yeah, I reckon it's probably around the time when sort of we're coming out of that hibernation stage of winter mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, oh, my God, we haven't done anything or, you know, those kinds of things, things and yeah. feelings pop up mm -hmm. um, because we're quite quite seasonal in our home ed. Yeah. Um, so you will have wobbles and being able to look back. I, I personally have a um, a private photo album on my Facebook yeah. Um, and we we're a picture taking family all of us are so yeah. you know we'll take pictures of, of all kinds of wonderful and weird things um, and then that goes into that album uh, for that yeah. academic year um, and I also use an app called Mindly which is a okay. mind mapping um, okay. tool I think I saw you I think I saw you post something about that the other day yeah and again it's it I don't write any notes or or um sort of keep records or, or anything like that but I will write what what we're doing um for this season so mm -hmm. for example the kids have signed up to do crest awards and the RSPB wild challenge and uh paw print badges and they go to scouts you know so all of those things are in there and I can just keep a note of what the projects were that they did um so it's mm -hmm. kind of a retrospective um yeah. system for me but it yeah. works it works to be able to look back on it in six yeah. months you'll, you'll find something that works for you if you need to be able to record what it is you've done and it's also handy as well for planning like if you want to plan you can look back and say oh, well last year we did the, like for example this year we just touched on remembrance day with a little one so i know next year as it's coming up, you know, because you know what little kids are like outside, out of mind. He won't remember Remembrance Day in May. Um, so, you know, when we get back to sort of November next year and I'm looking for Remembrance Day, I say, right, we learnt the basics of why we have the puppies and what we remember. Now let's go into a little bit of why we do what we do. And we can, you know, sort of build upon those. And again, you can make it more age relevant, make sure that you're not going over things that they've done before if they don't want to. But you know that they've got the knowledge and you're also able then to like look back and sort of, get them to memory recall what yeah. they can remember and what they want to do going forward yes it's been amazing talking to you louise oh thank you i don't think i've ever met such a confident clear and uh wise brand new home edder oh thank you that fills me that fills me with a lot of confidence yeah you know what you're doing you're confident in it and you're um following your kids which, which is what we need to do, right? Happy mum. Oh, oh, bonus tip. Just while I remember, that extra bonus tip. Buy more snacks. <laughs> yes. However many snacks you think you need, triple it. Yes. I'm going to leave on that mic drop moment. <laughs>
because that that is the the tip everybody needs to yeah. hear more buy, buy more snacks and you will get through everything yeah agreed thank you so much for joining us louise no problem take care okay and um, we will see you all next time for another episode of the heifer podcast you can find us on the tinterweb you can find us on facebook on instagram on twitter and uh, on all of your favorite podcast um, channels too so we will see you next time